Welcome back to Jay Hood and Chris Black, the hosts of ESPN Chicago's Fast Break. Watch the show on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, Fast Break flies on. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Welcome in the fast break. It's Black. It's Hood. Jonathan Hood from Mornings with Cap and Jay Hood from 7 to 10 weekday mornings here on ESPN 1000. I'm Chris Black. Usually you hear me, Black and Abdallah, weeknights 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. The show is called Fast Break. We're talking Bulls basketball and the NBA from 1 to 3 every Saturday here in the spring uh, throughout this Bulls playoff run. We will be here on Saturdays talking hoops with you here on ESPN 1000. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. The Bulls have a big game tonight hosting the Cavs uh, at the UC, Jonathan. And Zach Levine hanging into this game is questionable, so we'll have to keep our eyes on the injury report that's released before the game and when Billy Donovan talks to the media before the game. But also notably, Alex Caruso is questionable for tonight. So there is a opportunity and a possibility that Caruso is back in a Bulls uniform for the Bulls when they face off against the Cavs this evening. This will be an interesting matchup, uh, Chris, because you know people like to say the Bulls are a good story. I don't consider the Bulls a good story because I expected them to be a playoff team and fun and over 40 wins, clearly over 40 wins and maybe 50 wins before it's all squared away. But the Cavs, I think, are a good story because they came out of nowhere, right? Here's young Bickerstaff coming in here with uh, Darius Garland, with Evan Mobley, who could be the rookie of the year, uh, Karis LeVert, they made that deal. Uh, Ray John Rondo comes from the Lakers. Okoro. It's a solid team, man. And so, yes, they're missing their big guy uh, in the middle there. Uh, but the point is, though, is that the Cavs, I think they also could be a tough out, too. I mean, it, it all starts with guard play with Darius Garland, though, for me, and what Mobley can bring to the table. And Garland's going to be battling back injuries uh, throughout the rest of the way. He's going to play through it, mm-hmm. uh, so he'll be there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's something that's, you know, not all teams are healthy uh, heading into matchups at this point in the season. The Cavs are really good on defense, though. They're fourth in defensive efficiency. They're only giving 131, uh, 100. Uh, 103 points per game up, one of the best in the league, and the Bulls give up 111. And we've talked about the Bulls' defense at this point in the season. It was good uh, when everyone was healthy. But but the defensive effort has definitely dropped off the table the moment Caruso and Ball left the lineup for the Chicago Bulls. uh, This series uh, between the Cavs and the Bulls to this point in the season, it's split one game apiece. Uh, The last matchup, January 19th, in Chicago, the Bulls won that game 117-104, to 104, and DeMar DeRozan scored 30. So we'll see if Zach plays tonight, uh, but I believe what will have to happen once again is that we'll have to rely on DeMar DeRozan in the fourth quarter to kind of take over like he did against the Pistons on Wednesday night, giving the Bulls 36. Some of those losses that we saw from the Bulls was a lot of people standing around looking at DeRozan, right? Mr. Fourth Quarter, give us that you know that mid-range. Help us, right? And you, you asked in the last hour about Zach Levine, and I will say that, you know, Zach is a killer. You know that he's always going to play with a ruthless aggression. We know that who he is. But I thought that sometimes, especially during the five-game losing streak, we saw a lot of the Bulls kind of standing around watching uh, DeRozan is kind of like, okay, we know that he is a bucket getter, but is he a difference maker, especially late in a playoff scenario, right? I mean, that's, that's the question. Right. He's going to score, Chris. Like, like, 
people that have, don't watch the league as thoroughly as you and I know that DeRozan with Toronto, with San Antonio, was a very good score. He was a piece to both of those teams. And we have to go back and look at when LeBron went to Los Angeles and then Kawhi Leonard comes to the Toronto. You know, that could have been DeRozan's championship with the, with the Toronto uh, Raptors. Instead, he was with the San Antonio Spurs. So, I mean, we always know he could get anywhere between, what, 19 and 23 points a game? Sure. He can give you that. Yeah. So this is not new. But what we're seeing here is a guy that's really coming into his own where he is a go-to guy. I think it's the first time in his career that, that they go to him like, okay, he's got to be the guy, even though Zach's been that guy for a few years with the Bulls. If you want to talk Bulls or NBA with Black and Hood, it's Fast Break here on ESPN 1000. Our phone number is 312-332-3776. We go to Paulie in Mount Prospect. Paulie, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. What's yes, up, Paulie? Congrats on the show, too. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, thanks. You guys are talking about New Orleans. Unless uh, they're going to resurrect uh, Pete Maravich or they're going to promote uh, Arch Manning as uh, the next, the second coming. Uh, you know, and he's a six, six man on his uh, state high school winning basketball team. Then, yeah, basketball's just not going to fly in New Orleans. So that's just a, that's a, a losing idea. Yeah. But uh, as far as the Bulls go, though, I just want to say, like, with, uh, the Bulls, I mean, I, 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 lo- I love Zach Levine. I think he's a great teammate. But if they're going to give this guy a max contract, he's got to commit to playing some defense because this team, or at least, and, he, and he's a, in a leadership position. Watching this defense, it's like a pencil down a mine shaft. You know what I'm saying, Hoodie? I do. Uh, <laughs> it's you know, it's, it's like a hot dog down a hallway watching these guys. It's it's just it's pathetic. So it's just like you've got you've, someone's got to step in, and like this is you know, I, I look at this team, they're akin to the uh, you know, 06 to maybe 09 Bulls where. Yeah, you had Ben Gordon, you had Luval Dang, you had some, you know, nice, nice scoring pieces. But at least those guys had, um, you know, Kirk Heinrich, uh, Chris Duhan, you know, Nocioni, who get some guys that would play some defense. So it's like right now, it's like all right. So now you have Alex Caruso is the what the one guy on the team that can step in and take a charge, and now he's hurt. So we just we never step in the lane. I mean, what what is going on? Like I said, until until that changes, this team's not getting past the first round. So I, 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 like you said, I think you guys are right to think this team has the talent to get past the first round, yeah, and maybe make a little push. But uh, that's about it, though. As far as uh, Bulls fans are concerned, I mean, I'm, I've got my expectations tempered. I, I kind of know what this team is, and you know, I think you guys have done a great job breaking it down this year. Um, but yeah, like, like, I'll, I'll sign off and uh, get your guys' thoughts, though. Awesome. Thanks, Paulie. Check us out Saturdays here in the spring, Black and Hood, fast break, uh, one to three every Saturday throughout the spring uh, as the Bulls uh, head towards the playoffs. And Jonathan, so like the, the one thing I would take from uh, Paul's comments is I, I think a lot of this, if we're trying to figure out if the Bulls can get out of the first round, it's going to come down to the matchups. So if the season ended today, right now the Bulls would be matched up with the Celtics as the four or five matchup. The Bulls are the four seeds, so they would be the home team first. Ooh, I don't like Bulls that. Celtics, though. The Celtics have had the, the best defense in the league for the last two months. I don't like that matchup. And I, Jason Tatum's been playing out of this world. So it all starts from the defensive side of the, of the floor for the Celtics. They start off slowly. Mm-hmm. And so the thought was is that but under Adoka, this kind of would be kind of a rebuild, and then trying to figure out how Tatum and Brown could play together on the floor. There was thoughts that maybe Brown had to be on the bench because they weren't sure if they they could both play on the floor at the same time. 
And so that's worked its way out, uh, itself out, especially on the defensive side. That's a tough matchup. Doesn't say that, it doesn't mean that the Bulls can't get that done, but it just it's really tough. And ultimately, when you look at the ebb and flow of the NBA, and I love the, the novice NBA fan or the non-NBA fan that said the regular season doesn't matter. No, it, it definitely matters because you want to be able to peak at the right time. Right. There's been conversations that Cap and I have had about whether or not the Bulls peak too early. Right, meaning that, boy, you look at how they play in November, December, January, and then it falls off the cliff with a five-game losing streak. So you want to be right. Right now, the Celtics are peaking at the right time. The teams that you have a, a really hard time looking at here for the Bulls are the 76ers, the Champs, the Bucks, the Miami Heat's just a tough matchup because of what they do defensively. Yeah. And then you still got to worry about the Nets. Don't worry about the eighth seed because they're not going to sit there at the end of the season. You got to be concerned about those matchups. What do those teams have in common besides Miami? That's a superstar power, difference makers, closers in the fourth quarter. The Bulls have that? You do, but I, I mean, when you say superstar, there, there's a limit there for DeMar DeRozan. That's right. And, and I would also say the limit is also his own limitations on his game, not just the notification of he's possibly a superstar. It's He's only working in that 10 to 15-foot range away from the hoop around the free throw line. And that's cool, man. If and that works in the regular season. Yeah. But when you have a Milwaukee team that can focus defensively against that, and then forcing him to always face two and three defenders and then have to pass it out, you're relying on getting to the next round based on Kobe White hitting open three-point shots in the corner or Io DeSumo right now hitting open three-point shots in the corner. And Io, even though he's been great this year as a rookie, has started to kind of take a a step back as far as his three-point shooting and his contributions on offense. Well, he's getting an education. Yeah, sure. You take on Trey Young and you take on John Morant in that losing streak. You you get an education, don't you? And he'll develop, and and he will be a good player for this team, I I believe, for a long time. But the problem with that is when teams know, and it's also different when you get into the playoffs and and you have a series where you're game-planning for one team. And I think that's a little bit where... Uh, you and Cap talked about it in the morning, this this idea that this is possibly a try-hard team. Mm-hmm. And, and I said at night, I didn't say that, hey, this Bulls team is a try-hard team. It was, I watched a bunch of games, and my response was, this feels try-hard-ish. Because they don't have enough pieces, yet DeMar was giving you like 37 a night, and pulling these games out and making these shots. I was like, oh, come on, this isn't going to last forever. And so when you look at this team in a playoff series, and you got like the 76ers who are good on defense, the Heat who are good on defense, the Bucks who are good on defense, and the Cavs who are good on defense, and they say, okay, here's what we have to do. We know that Zach is sloppy with the ball, so stop DeMar DeRozan around the free throw line. Don't bite on his pump fakes. Stay on the ground and throw a second defender at him at all times mm-hmm. and make him pass out. Then they're going to scramble because you're looking at like 10 seconds left on the clock and either Kobe White has it or Io has it. Or if Zach has it, force him to the rim and make him put the ball in the deck and you know he's going to lose it. And, and all of a sudden, this Bulls team comes, becomes very easily beaten mm-hmm. if you game plan correctly because here, here's the piece of the puzzle that we really haven't talked about here on the show today. Vooch has struggled from three. Yes. And if Vooch could hit his three-point shots... Now a lot of the stuff that works with this offense makes more sense. If, if the big guy can stretch the floor 
And I'm right. not. Look, I'm not looking for Embiid numbers. You know, I'm not, I don't think he can do that. No. But, but he's got to be able to be reliable from the outside, right? You've got a guy that is keen from 17 and in into Rosen. You've got a high flyer in Rose in Levine, and also a guy that can shoot the ball some from three. You have uh, you have a guy like Vucevic. If he can do that, if Io can do that, if Kobe White can knock down some threes. Uh, now you're talking about a well-rounded team, especially on your way to the playoffs. So I, I get it, right? It, it is – you are in scramble mode, Chris. And, and I want to make sure that people hear this, on, and, you know, watch on Twitch and also hear what we're saying here. We are, we are not doing this show to crap on the Bulls. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, is that this conversation about what the Bulls could be sure. is a lot better than t- doing this show and t- trying to figure out where they're going to be in the draft. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're not in Orlando. Hands down. Right? We're not in Orlando or Detroit doing this show. We're in Chicago. And I'd rather have a 41 team on the precipice of possibly winning 45 or 50 games or more in the regular season and try your luck than the alternative. That's for sure. So this, what we're talking about is how the Bulls could be even better than where they are right now. And I, I think it's when we talk to Bulls fans about this, I think it's it's fascinating because the Bulls, yes, they were in the top slot in the East or one of the tops. Now they're fourth. What are they going to do about it as they get healthier? You want to talk about the struggles of Vooch uh, this season from three. He's shooting 30.6% from three. In the last 10 games, he's shooting 13.9%. 13%. No, that won't get it done. For Vooch from three. Once he's hit, hitting those threes, it opens everything up for the, for the guys who want to slash to the basket. Now, you're getting inside presence, though. You're getting the putbacks and the easy buckets inside. Sure. And you're, so you're getting a double-double. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have at least 18 to 20-plus points a game on the inside for right. Vooch if he's not hitting it from the outside. But the threat of him shooting from three pulls that big away from the bucket, and right. that allows Zach to get to the rim. Yeah. And and that's where I, I think that a lot of the, the Bulls' offense is going to factor on Vooch's ability to hit threes and then the others, like Kobe or Io, to hit threes once again to a playoff series. Yeah. We're going to continue talking Bulls with you here on ESPN 1000. The show's name is Fast Break. It's Chris Black and Jonathan Hood with you. Also, I want to talk to you about LeBron. He went off for 50 last night. We talk about the Lakers next. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Hood talking basketball and the Bulls. Fast break here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Last night in Los Angeles, LeBron went off. Now LeBron with 29 in the game. They are going to need everything he can deliver tonight. Hang in the air with one hand. Leaning left, shooting right off the glass. LeBron now trying to back up. Blocks down to three. LeBron over Coons! As much as you can. Kispert switches off on him. LeBron on the wing. LeBron. Ball back. Yes, sir! He's doing it again! 44 points for LeBron James. Kuzma. They take it away! LeBron the middle man. LeBron. Here he goes. Spinning all the way. Kind of it goes. It goes! And one! That is very unlike him. He was 72 and a half for center. LeBron. There it is. 50. 
Another nickel. (laughs) Another nickel. LeBron James last night, 50 points. He had seven rebounds, six assists in 35 minutes. The Lakers win 122 to 109 against the Washington Wizards. What a game from LeBron James. Second 50-point outing in the last three games for the Lakers, and they're ninth in the Western Conference, 29 and 37 on the season, facing the playing games square in the eye as we sit here with what? Like 15 to 20 games left in the regular season? Yes. Uh, by the way, sidebar: Are you uh, are you a, a building? Sign my ball. No, that that's no. Just a sidebar. Oh. No, there's no. It's no sponsor. I, that's yet. my favorite part, though. Yeah. The, the sign my ball yes, part. Yes, because that's part of the commercial where he, <laughs> I know. he, he has sign an athlete. Ball. Sign my ball. <laughs> sign my ball. <laughs> Thank you, Aiken. Three one two six million. Yeah, sign my ball. Um, you a big fan of uh, Bill McDonald's Stu Lance? That booth, that Laker booth. It used to be better. Damn right, it used to be better. Not great. No. Uh, but that's fine. Uh, but that's, that's the feed I was watching yesterday because I watched that game yesterday sure. and watched LeBron. You, you watch the Lakers because you, it's like the car uh, on fire on the side of the road. You just can't help but to look, right? I'm a gawker watching the, uh, you know, watching the Lakers. And then you see LeBron going off at the age of 37. We talk so much about Tom Brady and what he did being able to win a Super Bowl championship, you know, away from the Patriots at his age in his 40s. Well, LeBron James, with all that mileage, gives you back-to-back 50-point games this week against Washington and against Golden State. He scored 56, right? And even in the loss against the Rockets, he scored 23 points. He had 12 assists and 14 rebounds. So he, he's been very busy. And so I, I look at LeBron James this way and this Laker team. You get what you ask for, right? If you're a big influencer and you're pushing the general manager and Jeannie Buss to the side and say, I want all these Hall of Famers on the roster, right? Then you, you got to realize that these are, it's, it's a great roster for 2009, but for 2022 to have <laughs> Carmelo on the team and at one point Rajon Rondo on the team and, you know, it, that, that's the, this is what you get, right? When you let a superstar pretty much run roughshod over your roster, they're 29 and 37 and like hats off to LeBron that you can turn the clock back and have games like this Chris but I mean it's LeBron and then it's an ailing AD uh, you know on the side that's just not going to get it done for them I like this LeBron so much better than the LeBron we got around all-star weekend fun LeBron here fun LeBron but letting his game speak for him instead of having his his part his business partner and Rich Paul and the actions behind the scenes dictate the conversation Mm -hmm. and and I feel as if uh, LeBron needs to stick to more of this being a great basketball player and allowing us to appreciate his game instead of the infighting behind the scenes and and like what you referenced to trying to run the organization uh, with his agency uh, and, and clutch sports trying to dictate what the Lakers should do for the future as far as front office moves as far as you know possible draft uh, players that to go after in the draft, whether or not be uh, guys at the top of the board or maybe LeBron's child at some point. Uh, I like the LeBron who's just hooping. And and I think um, something I wanted to ask you today is hmm. help me put into perspective what the H this Lakers season is. You know, like, oh, okay, God. there's a couple things. One, we could have an MVP conversation for 15 to 20 minutes and not mention LeBron's names once, right? Right. He leads the league in scoring. LeBron right now at 29.7 points per game leads the NBA in scoring. He also is averaging eight rebounds, six assists uh, per game. 
He's only played in 48 contests at this point, which is less than most of the other guys at the top of the scoring list. So, so okay, so there's that part. LeBron is still great on the court. Mm-hmm. But also, he gets the blame for the way this team was put together because he has so much influence on how the Lakers made and built this roster. And they're ninth in the conference. You know, like, for a great player of his caliber to be ninth in the conference, like, that's why you're not in, in the MVP conversation. And that's why you know, this team... They're severely under 500. They're under 500 by eight games, which is kind of, it's not comprehensible to think about. LeBron still leading the league in scoring, Mm -hmm. still at his powers physically, yet the team is eight games under 500 and ninth in the conference. Help me put this into context and perspective. Well, I think, number one, you never let a superstar player put a roster together. Imagine if we fast forward to 2022 and Michael Jordan was in his prime and Jordan was allowed to, to get the players he wanted. Like this is why Jerry Krause was able to step in and like that. I know you want your card playing buddies on the bus, but we're not doing that. We're, I'm gonna get you some role players, the guys that will conform to what you want, and you do that instead of having guys that are your friends. That was a thing back then, right? Like Jordan demanded to have certain players, and Krause was like, "No, I'm not gonna do that." So, so for, from the Lakers standpoint, they didn't want to go backwards. You know the Lakers story. You remember what the Lakers were before LeBron got there, right? And so they need that superstar power. He comes in there, wins a championship in the bubble which is all good but at least it gave the Lakers relevancy it was they were in the conversation and so the big thing for the Lakers to me was not about LeBron was not about him being the leading scorer was not about the Lakers winning the championship but the whole Lakers outfit was about Anthony Davis mm-hmm. it wasn't even about LeBron Anthony Davis's health is the biggest story for the Lakers coming into the season and I look at him Charles Barkley calls him street clothes. And the reason why is because you always see him in street clothes. Like you saw him last night, right? In street clothes. He's always writhing in pain. Whether it's New Orleans or Los Angeles, he's always in pain. He's never available. This season was not about a, was not about LeBron. It should have been about the Lakers being a top six team at worst in the West with Anthony Davis leading the way, right? Doesn't matter points per game. Doesn't matter stats. He's supposed to be healthy and available, and he has not been. So... This Lakers team, as I look at it right now, think about all the other top teams in the West. The Phoenix Suns, even without Chris Paul, are going to be our runaway. Memphis is fun with John Morant. Golden State, you know, we got to keep our eyes on Wiseman and, and also Draymond Green, their availability down the stretch here as they go into the playoffs. But Golden State's going to be uh, a, a factor as well. But the Lakers, to put it into perspective for you, Never have your your best player put a team together. Anthony Davis's injuries, and then keep in mind at All Star break, LeBron was already trying to turn the page, sure. trying to get back to Cleveland. Right. Think about that, and, and that's why you know I said five minutes ago that I like this LeBron better because the LeBron who's out there trying to suggest that ah, I'm unhappy, and then you get the article from. Rich Paul and Clutch Sports saying, oh, well, you know, MJ had it so easy and LeBron has to do it. It's like, get out of here with this stuff. I, I, well, I just think, well, there's two faces of LeBron, though. There's the basketball romantic that loved to be a part sure. of the 75 and, and have moments like that. And then there's the business side from the barbershop on HBO, right? That's the, the master manipulator, right? The, mm-hmm. the movie mogul, you know, the, the guy that wants to play with Bronny when Bronny comes in the league. He's that, it's two faces of him, right? He has more influence and more power than Michael ever had in the league to do whatever he wants. 
he can tamper and doesn't get get does not get in trouble. So he Chris he is that dude that has so full has full autonomy on the Lakers and the NBA to do whatever he wants. And right now he'll be struggling just to get in the playoffs. And he's the only one to blame for this roster. I mean, uh, look at the box score from last night. Russell Westbrook, thirty one minutes. He took eleven shots. He made two. He took one three point attempt. He missed it. He gave you five points and nine assists. That's the line for Russell Westbrook, a former MVP in the league who, you know, can still play, but he's not someone that really gets you to the next level. I was uh, watching the game last night. I, they showed the graphic because they were talking about Anthony Davis missing time. Did you see the graphic they showed? You the, watch a Laker feed? Uh, no, it was on NBA TV. Yeah, it was a Laker, Laker feed. feed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, Anthony Davis is 29. Yeah. I, for a second, I was like, hold Hold on. What? He's only 29? Yeah. He feels like it's, he's been around forever, but I there's got to be something with sports science or or health uh, sports people who can figure it out. There's got to be something there to why he gets injured, but it's not like these massive um, crazy injuries where like his entire leg snaps. Yeah. It's like bumps and bruises keep him out for extended periods of time. Anytime he gets, he'll get in the lane and his ankle will slightly tweak and, and turn a little. Yeah. He's, he's down writhing in pain. They have to stop the game completely. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the last, I, I'm not trying to make fun of him, this last no, injury. Did you, were you watching when he yeah, got hurt? I saw it. He rolled. He did a tumble yeah. down the baseline. Yeah. Three spins. Like he was a car in a car accident that flips and then tumbles over itself. Yeah. He did that down the baseline. And then they, they show in sh- slow motion as he comes down on, on the defender's foot. And it like was a slight ankle turn. It was like, whoa. Like there's something different. You know, like you look at John ja Morant. He flings his body into defenders in the air. He's hitting the ground. He's fly- like, chances are that's not going to last forever. But like... There's got to be something in the sports science to how and why Anthony Davis consistently gets hurt. There's got to be something to that. So you want the little doctor up there to explain that all of his injuries up there like they do? There's little specials on ESPN? I, I'm just suggesting there's there's someone probably way smarter than we are who yeah. can say there's a reason. It's either he doesn't uh, do enough of uh, stretching or he doesn't do this. or There's got to be something. He's, Have you ever seen an NBA player who just... You know, gets a shoulder uh, into him on on a screen, and then he's down on the ground writhing in pain? No, he's like Samuel L. Jackson in Unbreakable. He's the glass man. Mr. Glass! He's Mr. Glass. He's the glass man. That's who he is. Ah! Ah! ESPN Ah! 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Put me back together. Black, it's hood. It's fast break here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Saturdays in the spring, 1 to 3, right here on ESPN 1000. You can check the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Yeah, yeah. keep in mind that Chris and I would have a phone conversation. We'd oh, be yeah. texting each other. Uh, so we'd be talking basketball anyway. We're just bringing it to ESPN 1000. So this is actually our NBA conversation, our phone conversation about the league. We're just bringing it to a, in a two-hour package. Yeah, it'll just be shorter. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Trust me with my, you. As my wife would be like, 
Were you talking to Jonathan the entire time you're in there? Well, yeah. How long have we been there? All right. Just talking hoops. That's right. Uh, I have a lot of NBA news and notes for you. I've got a notebook here, but I I feel like the best way to handle this is Uh that since we have a, a lot of thoughts here on the league, Maybe we could bring in the the giant wheel and we could give it a spin to kind of figure out what topic to go to uh, throughout this segment. What do you think? Is it plugged in? It's plugged in. It's ready to go. Do you want to take the first spin? Uh, Sure. Go right ahead. All right. Here we go. Ah! All right. All right. Let's see what we got here. Little little, little wheel. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Ah. Ah. Awesome duos in the NBA. Awesome duos landed there. All right. So... Where do you place the Bulls' awesome duo of DeRozan and Levine amongst the best in the NBA? Where do you place, like the game show, where do you place Where do you place DeRozan and Levine amongst the best in the NBA? Okay, so, so first off the bat, uh, the two teams that made a trade at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. the Nets and the Sixers probably have the two best. Harden and Embiid, and then Durant and Kyrie. Those are probably the top of the the group there. Recency bias. Uh, Excuse me. Pardon me. Go ahead. I I say, uh, you know, Steph, Clay, not going to get it done to the same caliber as they were because Clay hasn't played as well this year in his return season. Uh, You look at the the Western Conference. Who's Ja running with? Well, I mean, it's it's it could be anybody, right? Bane. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bain's a talented shooter, right? Yeah. So Bain's good. I, I mean, I would look at Jaron Jackson. I mean, he sure. he had, what, six blocks last night against mm-hmm. the Knicks? He turned the game around in the fourth quarter. He was incredible. That game was unbelievable. So so uh, Jaron Jackson, Ja, no, not quite that. How about, uh, how about Phoenix? A- do you go Booker and, and CP3? What do you think of that combo? That's pretty good. Best but- team in the league. Butler Bam. Uh, Butler Bam. Uh, do, you, do you have any room over there for Rudy and uh, Donovan? Yeah, a cat, and Anthony, a cat and Anthony Edwards from Minnesota. And then poor Luka and Jokic. Yeah, they're both lone men. They're just out there by themselves, lone wolves. Luka Doncic and, and Nikola Jokic, both out there by themselves looking for a running mate. So you have Levine and DeRozan somewhere in the top four, five? I'd say for this season, they're in top five duo in, in the league. I, I'd All give right. them top five. All right, what do you have? Here? All right, here. Okay. Just spin it out. All right, spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Let's see what we have here. Let's keep on. Uh, there we go. That's an odd one. Okay. Do you mind if I go back to LeBron for just one second? I mean, if it's on the uh, wheel, that's well, it's, on, it's on the wheel. All right. Uh, so uh, the fifty-point effort on Friday for LeBron James, he takes over the scoring lead at twenty-nine point seven points per game at age thirty-seven. If this holds up, he will become the oldest player to win the scoring title in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Michael, in nineteen ninety-eight. Was that guy at 35 years and 61 days as the leading scorer in the league in 1998? So right. Michael Jordan was the guy. LeBron, if he holds true and is the guy who wins the scoring title this year, he will become the oldest player in league history to win the scoring title. Well, I believe that uh, LeBron James is one of the all-time greats and would and because of the mileage he's put on it. Now, is he going to get close to Kareem? As far as total points, he will. Will he surpass Kareem? Well, total with play, he already passed him, isn't he? Already number one, isn't that what Nick Wright talks about? He, you know, he's on uh, have a p- opinion. My my take, your take, have a take. <laughs> I don't know on, on FS1 in the morning. Isn't he? Is that he's that? No one celebrated LeBron becoming the all time 
uh, combined score in league history. It's his only thing. He loves LeBron. Yeah, I, I swear that he's been he's been talking about it. Well, I, I will just tell you that. Uh, you know, you think about, well, I mean, it's Kareem and then Carl Malone. He's going to pass up Malone here because Malone's at 36, 9, 28. LeBron's going to pass him up maybe sure. this year. Yeah. And then so th- so he's, you know, for a few more years left, Chris, I could see him maybe getting close to or surpassing Kareem. So last night in the post game, he yeah. was asked about being on fire. And, and there's a reference to NBA Jam. And you and I talked about NBA Jam yesterday on Cap and Jay Hood. Yeah. Uh, here's LeBron's answer last night on whether or not he enjoyed playing NBA Jam back in the day. I would definitely try to get on fire. I mean, because you could shoot from back then, shoot from half court was like something unheard of. And now, you know, guys are really doing it. So um, back then, I would play with um, the Seattle Supersonics because you would get uh, yes. Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. Um, you know, I would play with the Bulls a little bit, but obviously MJ wasn't on the game because. Now that I find out when I'm much older and I'm a professional, they didn't have his name and likeness to, to be able to put him on the game. So you have to play with like Horace and Scotty or, um, you know, the Mavericks. You could play with, uh, you know, J-Kid or Mashburn or you could sub and put Jimmy Jackson in there, you know, because it was usually like three guys. So test my, my history right now with video game, which I love. Uh, but definitely uh, to be able to catch fire um, was something that you would definitely try to do because you would literally come right as soon as you hit that half-court line, you would just you would let it go. Oh, and the Golden State Warriors, too, because you could play with, like, Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullen. Yeah, that was, that was nice, too. How about LeBron with the deep cuts on the duos from NBA Jam? I love that. I love that. I love that he – because he was that – last night because he shot one from almost half court and not even in transition he just pulled up and just knocked it down like wait that's not that's what steph does so you know he was feeling it yesterday yeah that is for sure all right let's spin it again here we go here we go all right all right and chris okay Hmm. ah coaches greg popovich greg popovich became the greatest the uh, the most winningest coach in the NBA with the win last night. I wish the Spurs would have dressed like the Spurs. They look like the Miami Heat out there. I don't want to be old. I don't want to be the old man in the room. I just and I know that there's so many different uniforms. Chris, yeah, but it's, I'm just it's like, the old uh, it's the old Spurs logo from like the early nineties. It was, but the uniform was white, but it had like pink in it. I, Fluorescent I, pink and I orange. And I just, yeah, I wish the Spurs would look like the Spurs. I would have been nice, but it, that's not what we saw yesterday. It's okay. But I want to ask about Greg Popovich. In your opinion, now that he's won 1,336 games as a uh, head coach, is he the greatest coach or the greatest winning coach that you've seen? There's a difference between the two. I feel as if Popovich has won more with less over time. And you can point to the 20 years of Tim Duncan, but I think in recent history, it's really shown why Popovich has been so great. Mm -hmm. You know, you look, the comparison would be, Phil Jackson and all of his winning that he's done in, the, in his career, but he's never won after the, the greats have kind of left him. And, and Popovich in the last five plus years, he's done a lot of winning without stars like, you know, Tim Duncan or even Kawhi Leonard. When Kawhi leaves, you know, this team didn't become the worst team in the league. They, they still fight and they play good basketball. There, Popovich's legacy, Duncan and Robinson and Kawhi and Ginobili and Tony Parker, right? And yeah. so he's the top. He surpassed Don Nelson. Uh, Nelson had 1335. Lenny Wilkins, Jerry Sloan. 
uh, Pat Riley's number five in that list. Number seven in that list is Phil. Phil at eleven hundred and fifty five. So you see him as the gr- the greatest winning coach because of the mark yesterday, yeah. more so than the greatest coach we've seen. For sure. And uh, let's go to Greg Popovich last night after the win. It's just a, a testament to a whole lot of people. Uh, something like this does not belong to one individual. Uh, you know, basketball is a team sport, and uh, you know you preach to your players that they have to do it together, and that's certainly been. Uh, the case in in my life with all the wonderful players and coaches, staff uh, that I've been blessed with, the uh, support of this wonderful city, uh, the fans support us no matter what. All of us share in this record. It's not mine. Uh, It's ours here in the city because of all those people that I just mentioned. So uh, that's the joy of it. Uh, And after that, that's it. Somebody else will have it down the road. And that's Greg Popovich after the game last night. And and so he becomes number one on the all-time winning uh, list as far as head coaches in the NBA. Yeah, so with, with Popovich, you wondered, like, why did he stick around, Chris? I think he stuck around because he knew that this mark was inevitable because sure. for the first time in our our lives, the Spurs, for once, are embracing the tank. Yeah, but for the, they, they still play hard, though. And, and they're oh, still it's pop, it's pop, though. They're still a decent team. Can, can I get one more spin in here? Spin? Yes. Yeah, one more. Ah! Well, one spin. All right, let's take another spin here. All right. There we well, go. There's, here. A, there's a few there's options a here. Jazz. There's oh, a Grizzlies again. topic. The Mavericks. Like, why are the Mavericks different this year? Luca's handling the ball less. Okay, that that was on this. We've passed up that. The Celtics. Why has their defense been so good? It's yeah. Robert Williams as a free safety on the defensive side. How about this one? This is where the wheels ended up. Uh, Who's hot from deep over the last month? Best three-point shooters over the last month from deep. The best player in the league has been Luke Kennard. He's been the best three-point shooter for the Clippers mm-hmm. in the last month. Cameron Johnson is number two in the league. Hot from deep over the last month. Number three, Kobe White from the Chicago Bulls. Oh. He shot 37 of 71 from three over the last month. The third highest rate from deep in the last month. Isn't that exactly what we're looking for uh, with Kobe White? Yes, uh, and I think that he's carved a niche out for himself either with the Bulls or elsewhere When if he ever goes someplace else, right? I Kobe, I'm sure, would like to be a starter, but there's times where he's getting starter minutes coming off the bench. He's earned that spot as someone that can be able to get 20 or more minutes and be able to light it up. He's just not a guy that's a lead first, you know, a point guard. So I would just say... That good for him that he comes off the bench looking to be able to score because that's something needed for this Bulls team. I didn't think, I didn't think he was going to be third. I third, thought, I, I, yeah, third. I thought you had Isn't a different name coming there. Isn't that that's great for Kobe White? Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope is fourth. Uh, Darian Finley Smith is uh, fifth, and then Drew Holiday is sixth on the list. All right, spin the wheel again. So spin the wheel. Spin. All right, all right, all right. One more. You got one more? Yeah, yeah. Of course. I, got all right. All right. I mean, it's a lot of. Lot all right, of one more. All right, where's it going to land? Ah, New York Knicks. No, disaster last night. Oh, Did you see that in the fourth, fourth quarter? quarter? Oh, my oh, God. Jaw decided I'm going to take it up a notch. He decided I'm going to be the best player on the court and just take over the game in like a three-minute span. The Knicks and Thibodeau are just dying. Ooh. It's just like a little bit every day with every loss, just especially like that. Oh, so the question on the wheel here is, will Tom Thibodeau coach the Knicks next year? 
because someone's got to take the blame. It's not Leon Rose. It's not you know the rest of the front office here. Do you do you believe Thibodeau will coach the Knicks next year? I would blame Leon Rose. I mean, well. explain to me how they botched the Kemba Walker situation, and then their big free agent signing was Evan Fournier. <laughs> Like really? And for those of you on Twitch, look up the word Fournier. You'll you'll enjoy that for your Saturday. Uh, look, look up Fournier. Will he be fired? <laughs> That's Jonathan, the question. Jonathan, right now they're twelfth in the conference. Will he make it next year? They're four and a half games behind the the Hawks, who are tenth. Yep. That's what happens when Julius Randle is your lead. You know you got to be better than that. I'm sorry. I would guess no. I would guess he won't oh, be. You think he's fired at the end of the season? The, wow. The, New York doesn't have the patience. Aren't they, don't they got a minute? Yeah, in a New York minute? New York minute. Mm-hmm. That's, I, think, I think they're going to have a little New York minute thing. I don't think they have the patience to allow him to, to get this team back into the playoffs. Got you on record. All right. I mean, I don't. I, they were terrible last Oh, no, no question. They, they were, were terrible. Awful. Yeah. I mean, a thirty-one to sixteen advantage for Memphis in the in the uh, fourth quarter. Knicks had a really good third quarter. They just collapsed in the fourth quarter. I believe um, with like three or four minutes to go in the third, New York took like a sixteen-point lead, and then Jaw and others um, they got like three straight turnovers, led to fast breaks, and the game was a ten-point game going to the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and that was it. Like they, they just came back and, and flew right by the New York Knicks. We'll be back. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. <laughs> it's what? LG. LG, Jay Hood? What? Is it? Rewrite. I think it's uh, Tweet Jay Hood is how you can follow uh, Jonathan on Twitter, Hood. On, on Twitter, Twitter, yes. And yes. on Instagram, I, IG, because it's IG. Instagram. Yes, Instagram. It, yes, IG yeah. Jay Hood on Instagram. Yeah, the great Travis Wacker called me halfway through the show. And he said, you got it wrong. The Instagram's wrong. So we we'll have to fix it. <laughs> it's, I, mean, it's, uh, I mean, LG, like, yeah. XL, you know, I don't know what LG would stand Life's for. Life's great. Li- Life's great, Jay Hood. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 IG because Instagram J Hood. Thanks to Jay Cantu for producing today's show. Coming up here on ESPN 1000 later today, the Big 12 title game. You can also hear the ACC title game all on ESPN 1000 later today. And also check out Basketball U tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock with Tyler Aki and Brian Hanley. They will have college basketball talk for you. Basketball U tomorrow morning, 10 to noon, right here on ESPN 1000. It's Selection Sunday tomorrow, so looking forward to that. So Tyler and Brian, they will have the coverage tomorrow right here on ESPN 1000. Joe Noak Forrest, you're on ESPN 1000. I'll I'll try one of those other places. What? Joe? What's that, Joe? Oh, hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, hey. What are you, what are you hey, doing there, Joe? What's the other place? What are we trying? What other place there? I, I stopped at Menards, man. Oh, oh okay. Say big money. Yeah, I was uh, I call, I was actually able to call for the first time in a long time in the morning, and I got to talk to uh, Captain Hoodie. I was the guy that was over by the Aston Martin building. Yes, yes, a big shooter. No, I'm not a big shooter. <laughs> I just work for, I work for the big shooter. I wish, man. But, um, no, I wanted to say... Um, you guys, I, I mean, I was humped, or hyped up all week with you guys uh, doing this thing today. And you guys are like the biggest basketball heads on ESPN. I love it. And I was calling in just to say that you guys should do this all basketball season. I would love it. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, for Chris, sure. This is not our first rodeo. Chris and I have done the podcast <laughs> on ESPN Chicago for basketball, but we're just bringing our conversations to the air. So that's, that's what and we're I doing. And I remember when you guys used to do, uh, it was Black and Abdallah at night with, with Jay Hood. That's what, that was the old crew, right? Yeah, we, we produced for years for Jonathan, hosting the night show. Yeah, absolutely. We've worked a long time together. And then Jonathan uh, would have the Bulls buzz shows after Bulls games till what, 2 a.m.? <laughs> how, how late would we be here? Pretty late, yeah. <laughs> pretty late. Thanks no, for your call, Joe. Awesome. Thank yeah, you, no brother. problem. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, so we'll, we'll be here uh, throughout the spring until the, the Bulls season's over, talking Bulls and NBA with you on Saturdays from 1 to 3. Bucks, Golden State tonight on ABC, Ooh, or Minnesota-Miami tonight at 7 o'clock on the package. I'm going to go to the prime time. I'm gonna, I want to uh, see what the Bucks have to offer. I want to see if uh, Clay plays better for the Warriors. Uh, I'm interested in that game, so I'm going to be watching that. You're going to watch T-Wolves? I mean, that's going to be a two-screen experience along with the Bulls. Of course, I'm watching the Bulls and Cavs, but it's, it's three big games. But I'm going to keep my eyes on the Miami Heat, too. That's it. Now Minnesota's interesting, right? That's a good matchup. Yeah. Minnesota's interesting now. Um, and, and so Miami, you said they're a little bit banged up. Is Jimmy going to play? He's Jim? out. Jimmy Butler's out tonight. Okay. So. We'll keep our eyes on it, though. But I think those, we got some fascinating basketball tonight. That's Jonathan Hood. I'm Chris Black. We'll talk to you next Saturday. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Bank, a division of Old National Bank State Street Studio. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station.